0: Hey, I want to welcome everybody back to the Behind the Well Show. Your host, Roger Abel. I'm joined today in studio with Jonas Everett. He's been on a couple episodes in the past. Uh, We want to congratulate Elias. He had a little baby boy, Bryce, over the weekend. So we've got a special guest. Jonas, how are you today, bud?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me back on this uh, popular podcast that uh, I've been hearing all about, watching several of the shows waiting for the call again to uh to be invited back so uh we need to have Elias uh, family uh, you know that family to keep growing Elias to keep having kids so i can come back here and uh and hang out with you
0: whether Elias knows it or not but 3 is the game changer that's his third <laughs> so we'll see what he has to say about that when he when he gets back into Gets back into the office, but, you know, one thing I always appreciate about having you on the show, Jonas, is you're you're one of the most prepared people that either show up to our radio show or come in this podcast. So I'm actually really interested to see what you have to say today. And a couple of things we're going to talk about on the show, and we're going to get to, but we're going to talk about how to kind of maximize retirement savings and six tips to actually do that. But before we get to there, Warren Buffett is probably one of your favorite people. Your second favorite is Jack Bogle, and what's interesting is there was an article that uh, came out that said Warren Buffett, Jack Bogle, and financial advisors all agree: when stocks are do- down, don't watch the market too closely.
1: And it's tough. Uh, it's tough not to uh, to watch your retirement accounts, or at least look at it when you know that we're in a uh, downturn like this. But. uh yeah, I, I mean, Warren Buffett is probably the, the considered the greatest investor of all time. And he, Roger, you hear, you, you get to hear quite a bit of his quotes. But Jack Bogle, I consider Jack Bogle the greatest financial advisor of all time. And he actually wasn't an advisor. But if you look at the advice that, that Jack gave um, about the S&P 500, you probably have more people in the S&P 500 than they do in Warren Buffett's investment. Or individual investments Uh, that's just because the share price of Warren Buffett's investment is is pretty high and uh, so uh, you you know you have uh, Jack Bogle here that basically invented the index fund Uh, and he has a couple of quotes that uh, I wrote down here somewhere with all all my uh, all my notes but uh, um, you know one of the things when you're in a downturn you know Jack Bogle said if you have trouble imagining a twenty percent loss in the stock market—you shouldn't be in stocks. Um, and he said that you know right out, uh, right out of the gate. But uh, what uh, what I kind of like about Jack Bogle and the index um, style of investing is Jack always said, uh, and you see this, Roger. You see this in a bull market. You saw this up until December of last year, where people were actually trying to pick the needle in the haystack. You know they were making returns on their 401k. They were making returns on everything. So they tried to pick the the needle in the haystack. Now that I'm making money, you know I'm gonna find that needle in the haystack. Well, Jack Bogle always said, just buy the haystack. You know don't don't get ahead of yourself. Don't don't think that stock picking is easy. Just buy the haystack. And uh, if you look at the downturn uh, now that we're having. What's especially difficult about this is the financial media talks to everybody as if they're day traders and they should be making three or four trades a day. And you just don't have to do that. If you're diversified, if if you may have some of your money in an index fund, you should be looking at maybe taking, taking advantage of this downturn. If you have a, a nice time horizon ahead of you.
0: Yeah. I think there's a couple key, key takeaways I, I want to hit on there in one is, if you think about where a vast majority of the investment dollars are for the average saver it's in their qualified retirement plan and that S&P 500 index fund is almost an option in about every plan there are very few plans where that's not an option number two you're right the markets are volatile and we as financial advisors all agree that you know if you let time work on your side just like Jack Bogle will tell you, you're going to get your money cut in half, but it's going to go up over time. So I think it's great though, that we all kind of agree that, you know, staying the course is the best course of action. I know my most successful customers right now, literally are coming in for their review and they're like, I don't even want to look at it right? right. because I haven't been looking at it. It's not because we're upset. It's because I know to exhibit good investor behaviors, just to not look at it. And then I have, the individual clients who look at it every day and they're the always the ones that are a little bit more frazzled and that's okay. That's their personality. It's okay to like, you know, get frustrated with it. Everybody does. I mean, I think people forget that we have money invested too and we still have those same feelings and emotions. We're just armed with all the the firepower of what we should be doing to make things work. As you said, if you have some extra money, maybe it's time to start deploying extra money. I know you refer to that as your spare tire. But you know, I've deployed personally money in the last three weeks is I had some extra cash. I had a spare tire that I needed to do something with. I didn't
1: use all my spare tires, right? But I used one. And, and if you-, you know, I, I'd say too, for those, you know, investors that are listening to this podcast, congratulations, you know, on trying to stay educated. And if you haven't if you haven't changed any of your systematic uh programs that you're purchasing you might be buying you know index funds in a company sponsored uh, 401k right now if you haven't called your plan and and you haven't went to cash congratulations because you're actually you know 10 years from now you have to think that you were bargain hunting in in, in 2022 uh, sorry, Roger, I kind of stole no, your thunder there. No, but that's uh, what
0: you're, You hit on something in 10 years. In 10 years, your personal self in 10 years is going to look back and be like, I'm really happy I either did what I did or I'm really upset I did what I did. That's right. what you're going to say. And more times than not, the person that either held on to their investments or added to them are going to say, hey, I'm really happy with what I did. I, I have situations where individuals I know they sold their funds in 2008 and 2009. None of them today are saying I'm happy I sold my investment then.
1: I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that period of time up because uh, um, you're looking at uh, one of the things that, that that I ask new people, you know we, we get a lot of new people because of the AM600 radio show and we have new appointments and uh, we ask him or I ask him on the first meeting, what'd you do in 08? you know what you do with your accounts in 08 and uh the the answer i'm looking for is nothing you know i just kept uh adding to my 401k and i just said uh, do you realize what you just did you it's a great success of what you did that market went down 57% over a 500 business day um adventure you know basically crash and you you kept your job, you kept working, you kept adding to your, your, uh, your, your company retirement plan, you know, congratulations. I mean, you just, uh, whatever formula for investing, uh, they, they got an A plus by doing that. But that's what I ask uh, people. What, what'd you do in 08? the, The new, the new people that come into the office.
0: So think about it. That was 500 days we're only like 250 days into this. I mean, so I think we've been talking on this show about, hey, how do we set expectations for people? Because if if we look at the most recent downturn that would have been, prior to, to current, would have been COVID that's unlike any other downturn recovery that we've ever seen. That
1: lasted like 90 days, 34 days. Actually, I mean, it's just absolutely (laughs) before you you could even wake up. Right. Well, Uh, well,
0: think about it. People didn't have to see two and three and five and six and seven. Now they're going to get their ninth statement in a row where their investments are down from the beginning of the year. And that starts to erode and wear on people. Right. Um, And I think it's important for people to understand why things are happening I mean, what's the cause and effect? And in my opinion, whether this is right or wrong, a lot of this, the majority of this is all based around inflation and inflation has gotten to a 40 year highs. And I think people don't understand why, why the market goes down when interest rates are rising this rapidly. And the easiest thing to think about is when the two year treasury paid, let's call it, let's say the two year treasury pays 1%. Well, that's not too exciting. Today, the two-year treasury is paying almost 4%. So you could go buy a two, two-year treasury, pay 4%, and wait for two years. You're going to make two 4% each year. That's the best fixed interest rate we've seen in a very long time. And when interest rates go up, because the 4 percent's more attractive, people pull money out of the market. That's one of the reasons the market's down. It's that simple. And I was listening to a few other um, publications the past uh, – past few days and there's really two major things outside of inflation that are the big question marks in this economy and one is China people don't realize that China's still in a zero COVID policy meaning they have no tolerance for COVID they're still shut down and two is the war in Russia and what do you think would happen to the market if China went off a zero COVID policy and opened back up or the war in Russia came to an end. What's going to happen to the market? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it's
1: going to go up.
0: So the question becomes, you know, if you were to sell your investments today and that happened tomorrow, how would you feel? You'd feel horrible. Right. And And that's why we always talk about this long term
1: vision of keeping your investments because we don't really know what's going to happen. Well, you're, you're exactly right, Roger. I like what you said that, uh, you know, I almost blame our financial industry for a lot of this, a lot of the volatility because uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, institutions or people will go from stocks to that two-year treasury that's paying 4%. I don't think our customers will, but I think the financial industry will. You know, I think any, any, any companies outside of Premier Investments are trying to time the market and we get the data on uh, how individual investors don't get the uh, don't get the returns i'm not quite sure i believe that data anymore because i've been doing this going on 30 years next year and i've talked to individual investors you know as well as you have the whole way and i haven't met too many people maybe one Roger out of 20 that have has gotten out of the market you know and uh, we get the data all the time that individual investors they're going to cash I think individual investors deserve more credit because I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that they're they're going to cash, or at least I haven't seen it, and I didn't even see it in 08. I saw quite a bit of it during the 9/11 days. But what's your thoughts on that? About uh, all the financial institutions in the world trying to time the market, and then we have individual investors that we're working with that uh, are trying to stay the course and do what they can.
0: Well, no, you hit it on the head earlier in the show. You just said all the financial media is geared towards the trader mentality, not the investor right, mentality. Right. And what I appreciate is they will have financial advisors on there and they'll preface and say, hey, if you're a long-term investor, then you can, can ignore this.
1: Right. And right. I guess
0: that there's a, a portion of our industry that I guess they think it's their job to be smarter than everybody else, even though a lot of the times it, it doesn't work out for them. Um, the only, the silver lining... With inflation, though, is it's going to offer people the ability to go get a, a stable yield, right. like a fair yield again. I mean, for how long have you been looking at CD rates that are, I mean, less than 1%? It just wasn't even right. fair to our clients who need income. I mean, we're going to be able to create portfolios that drive more income that people need. Um, and I think, you know, with this high inflation that we're seeing, that we're seeing there's some like there's some creep people might not even be thinking about and that's that with soaring prices and inflation the IRS builds in inflation measures into the tax code what i mean by that is they may increase contribution limits for people so that's a good thing think think about if the IRS said hey we're going to take the the Roth IRA from 6000 to 7000 let's say for under 55 they're helping individuals exhibit Good investor behavior, and, and I think some of those things that we're going to talk about might actually be really good for the average, not even the average, just any person that's contributing to a to a workplace retirement plan.
1: Right, right, and uh, we'll uh, we'll jump uh, jump into that. Uh, a couple more uh, Jack Bogle quotes. You're going to love this last one, uh, Roger. But uh, um, the, my favorite is uh, investor mistakes. Um, our behaviors, he said, that uh, the mistakes investors make is they think that the, when the market is going up, it's going to go up forever. You know, we've said this a long time. And, they, and, and he said that investors think when the market's going down that it's going to go down forever. So Jack Bogle's kind of warning against the, along with the other, you know, really smart, smart guys and gals of the world, that all or nothing thinking doesn't help you at all uh, when you're an investor or any fashion of life. You know, it's like uh, when you when you try to uh, argue with your wife about something and, and she says, uh, oh, I'm always wrong about everything. You know, she'll shut you down. She won. And uh, so all or nothing thinking as an investor, the markets go up and go down. It's good insight.
0: And I know you always do a lot of research on Jack Bogle and Warren Buffett. In fact, we used to have a the quiz or the, the $5 uh, jar, the, the trivia. <laughs> we had the trivia on the, the, the radio show. And if Jonas mentioned Warren Buffett during the trivia, I think there is like some penalty for you or something. Oh, I on. got,
1: I got three Warren Buffett quotes and then we'll talk about, uh, which, which are timely in a, in a down market. But, uh, the last one's my favorite, but, uh, the, the first one is, uh, probably, you know, hits home the 10 years, 10 seconds quote, if you if you're not willing to uh, own a company for ten years, uh, um, you shouldn't own it for ten seconds. Um, how about a fund? You know, let's let's say instead of a company, let's just say call that a, a fund. But uh, uh, Warren Buffett's training, you know, his original uh, mentor Benjamin Graham always uh, always uh, mentioned that. Uh, Look at the stock market as a maniac business partner that's trying to make you a deal every day that walks into your office or your uh, your home office or your business room or wherever you have the computer. So the stock market, whenever you turn it on, it's a maniac and it's trying to make you a deal to either buy or sell. You don't have to do either. Um, and uh, we were always taught buy low and sell high. And my favorite uh, quote is, uh, um, this kind of hits home for me because... Uh, um, I don't need a lot of money to satisfy my lifestyle in general. I don't need a lot of money. So the investing I'm doing, um, is, is kind of hits home with this, uh, Warren Buffett quote, someone is sitting in the shade of a tree today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. So I'm, I'm investing just so, you know, my kids will be better off and, and, uh, My wife won't, if anything happens to me, my wife won't have to uh, marry the first guy that looks like Chachi and drive off in a Camaro to Las Vegas or anything like that. so.
0: So you made a good point about owning a fund for 10 years. It's good advice because here's what happens. People go look at a fund and they try to get really too cute with this stuff. If you think about a mutual fund... You know, you can be pretty vanilla here. You can own the S&P 500, a growth fund, a growth and income, an international aggressive growth. And you can own that for 10 years. But if you start to buy these little niche funds, you'll never own them for 10 years. And in essence, what you're saying is you're trying to time the market in a different manner, which maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you won't. Right. And the good news about a fund, though, is most of them you could own. For 10 years, there's some really risky ones out there maybe you wouldn't want to, but most funds you buy, you could own for 10 years. But I think that's a good point. If you can't own for 10 years, don't own it at all. So Jonas, let's talk about the six tips to maximize retirement savings. But part of this is there were a couple surveys that came out. Principal had their annual super Savers survey that came out and GoBanking also did a savings survey. And here's what's interesting. And it's a little bit of what people expect to do. Versus what really happens and what we all say we're going to do and what we do, they typically differ quite a bit because people, you know, on a one year period of time kind of set out this rosy outlook of everything and then something happens. You need a car a dishwasher goes out or something happens and there's an event. But on the principal's annual super saver survey, 59% of people said they are planning to save more than 20,000 this year. Which for me was shocking because I know what people typically save and how much they have saved. And if everybody was saving 20,000, 60% of the people were saving $20,000 a year. We wouldn't have the retirement problems that we do today. Right. 82% of respondents are confident they can endure a recession, which I think is good. Like people feel like they put themselves in a better position. And, you know, maybe COVID was a little bit of a wake up call for people saying, hey, you know, I've heard about having an emergency account and I need to have a few months in there. But COVID happened and maybe like, look, I really need to get diligent about having this emergency fund because 82% of people think they can make it through a recession. I think that's a high number. I would think pre-COVID, if you told someone there was a recession, they wouldn't, 82% of the people aren't saying I'll be okay. Um, and 67% of uh, respondents said they'd rather make a lifestyle change over changes to their investments to deal with inflation, which I think is really good too. They're basically saying I'll give up Starbucks to keep my Roth IRA going. But here's the reality. I don't think they'll really do that and we've talked about this on a radio show you're starting to see price of things go up we have massive inflation we've started to see credit card balances rise well why cuz people aren't willing to give up their lifestyle i don't know what are your thoughts on that jonas
1: well, it, it, I just pictured uh, when we were on the radio and you and our uh, our, our, our host, Doug Wagner, brought up that picture of the, the young gal, working gal. She's got the $8 Starbucks. She's got the $1,500 computer and she's got the, what, the $300 Ray-Bans and... Uh, um, she's like typing tweeting something about like uh, student loan forgiveness or, yeah. or something like that but uh, i I really like that uh, this reminds me of uh, like the overconfidence bias you know when you're when you go out driving today guess who the best driver on the road is me Yeah, you're always the best always driver the best on the driver. road so yeah the the reality is that uh, we have this 5050 thing going on in the country and that's the the next part where you really have, 50% of the people that really can't get their hands on, you know, five or $10,000 and, and savings. And it's not entirely their fault, you know, either. And then the, uh, you have the other 50% that, uh, seem to be a, a good job saving. But, uh, yeah, the reality, the go banking rate reality check is 36, percent of respondents have less than uh, $10,000 saved. Um, I'm going to jump back up to, uh, the lifestyle I love. I love the fact that almost seven out of ten are say, saying I'm going to change something in my lifestyle uh, with this inflation coming up, and I don't want to. I don't want to change my investments. Um, I love that, and uh, you know, I think that the the more that people understand that uh, that maybe they can't keep up with the Joneses as much as they they could, or maybe they don't even want to. You know, and uh, this morning I went closet shopping. And uh, we have a, uh, you know, in, a, in the, the high school that the kids go to, there's a, uh, there's a food pantry and there's a clothes pantry. And I'm like, man, I, I am, I'm getting rid of all of my clothes. I'm not a big clothes person. I have so many clothes for just from uh, Father's Day and Christmases and birthdays. I have so many polos like this that I'm gonna get rid of the ones that I that I don't own. So, I think going forward, if people just identify what they like to spend their money on, maybe it's ski trips, and they're not car people. Uh, maybe you know, maybe it's just home repairs for the next five years. I mean, there's there's everybody's different with their lifestyle um, investments, but I think if people identify the fact that. Uh, they they really with inflation, it's going to be hard for anybody to to go out and buy everything new again, uh, like the good old days. Maybe when you got your first promotion, you got a got it got new clothes and a new car and a new house. And that's kind of for me. That's kind of keeping up with the Joneses. People just forget about the Joneses and just figure out. Look at the mirror and say, Hey, what do I like to do? What do, what's what am I? What's my lifestyle? Is it fishing, or is it is it is it anything? You know, is it am I a car person? am I a am I a vacation person? Do I just want to go on one uh, awesome vacation a year? and I really don't care about anything else. So, uh, yeah, it was good to hear that uh, people are looking at looking at their lifestyles a little bit more, Roger.
0: Well, I hope they actually do that, but I think the reality is they won't. So here's what's really interesting. So fifty nine percent of the respondents said they're gonna save more than twenty thousand but 63% of people have less than 50,000 saved. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out how those numbers work and, and unfortunately, most people are just ill-prepared ill, Ill prepared for retirement. Um, 11% of Americans, 11% are saving between 10 and 20% for retirement, yeah. like that's not gonna cut it. And you know, if you're behind, you can go to btwellshow.com, you can click start here, get an advisor, we'll help you get on the right track, but 11% of the people, Saving 10 to 20% is not going to cut it for retirement. And um, so here's six tips how to maximize your retirement savings. And the first thing we talk about with people is just be putting away 10% of what you make. It's the easiest thing to do. So think about most employers. Most employers are offering, if they have a 401k, between 3 and 6% in a match. Not all do, but typically you'll see between 3 and a 6% match. So if you're making $100,000 and you put 10% away, That's 10,000 plus, let's say they give six, that's 16,000 bucks a year. That's pretty darn good. And then you get your wife to do that, making 100,000. You guys are putting away 32,000, you'll be in good shape. So the first tip is make sure you're putting at least 10% of your money away. And I know there's other people who say, well, don't put any money away until you have all your debt paid off. Unfortunately, here's the problem with that advice. And I think it's good advice to be out of debt. Most people are going to spend most of their life in debt. And then that means you'll never save. And I get it. The goal is to get people out of debt. Most people won't. So we we need to counsel people on how do we get a large retirement nest egg.
1: I agree, Roger. And then you're missing out on Einstein's uh, number one wonder of the world, right? Compound interest. The the sooner you get started, Um, everybody's going to have debt up until a certain uh, point. Since we talked about Warren Buffett. He had a great clip about the best investment you
0: could make. And while I want people to be saving 10% of their money in their 401k, if you have credit card debt, you got to knock it out. And Warren Buffett, I watched a whole video on this. Someone asked Warren Buffett, what's the best investment? He said, pay off your high interest rate credit credit cards. And he talked about why. He said, even if you're paying 12%, there's no investment that Warren Buffett can find that's going to pay him 12% year in and year out. So pay off your credit cards before you save the, the 10%. But after that, you got to start saving your money for retirement.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a, this is a, a tough, tough thing. Uh, you, you also, with uh, the new inflation uh, that we have, uh, you know, you have to uh, – uh, 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 the second tip for, to maximize your retirement savings is not a retirement savings at all. You, you need to maximize your – you need to have a savings account – that is adjusted for inflation we used to always recommend Roger 6 to 9 months of living expenses well with covid coming out a couple of years ago and people are still getting covid today and we have inflation now we'd like to have people uh, right around 9 to 12 months of living expenses in just a savings account you know and that's uh that's one of those things just in case you get sick or or you can't go to work and you can't put money in for your retirement you have something to fall back on so you don't have to touch your retirement
0: that's exactly why it helps maximize because if you don't have this where's the first place you're going to go and you need money after you max out your credit card
1: 401k loan. 401k
0: loan and then you're killing your nest egg three i'm going to let you hit this one jonas because you're very very good at this i'm going to let you roll with number three
1: yeah. Live below your means. And, uh, you know, I would say kind of the opposite of that. Just identify what you like to spend money on. I'll give you an example. I have one customer. Uh, he's uh, he's retired. And uh, um, I talked to him, you know, wh- I said, what are you going to or he was he was getting ready for retirement. It was like a month away. And I said, OK, we need to visualize over the next uh couple of months, what you're going to be doing. Uh, I said, number one, are you a state trotter? Are you not going to be in Iowa? Or are you going to get an RV? And, Cause I have customers like that, that, uh, uh one's going to be in Tennessee and, and North Carolina this week. Are you a snowbird? You don't want to, you don't want to handle the Iowa winters. You want to go down and, uh, you want to go to Florida or Texas. And then, uh, are you, a, I said, are you a gigger? Do you want to get a part-time job? Do you want to? And he stopped me right there and he said, the only I don't like fishing. I'd rather throw a pebble in the pond. I don't like going out of the state of Iowa. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a part time job uh, driving uh, cars around from dealership to dealership so I can have coffee with new people. And he stopped me right there. And that's one of the things that uh, with his lifestyle, he doesn't have to worry about paying for an expensive vacation or a uh, vacation home or or an inexpensive uh, RV. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's really identified what type of person he is. And uh, this is kind of hilarious. Uh, um, he, he figured out what date he could uh, or when he was eligible to start another 401k. So this is one of those super savers that he's got a part-time job and he wants to start another 401k. So He's done a great job of identifying, um, and it really doesn't have anything to do with budgets. He's just identified what type of a person he wants to be in retirement.
0: Four, pay your credit card balance off each month. Um, Ideally, don't even use the credit card, but if you do use it, like you know, my wife called in an order for something today and she used the credit card. I don't want to get my debit card out over the phone to people. If you struggle paying this off, each month, you know, you can pay it any time. So I go in weekly and then I just every week I just pay it each week. Well, why? Because it's a lot smaller on a weekly basis Great than it idea. is on a monthly basis. And people look at it differently when, you know, if, if you went out and put $1,500 in your credit card and you did it 300 each week, you'd feel like you were just doing 300 each week. But when there's 12 or 1500 at the end of the month, like, man, that's a bigger number. And what happens Inevitably, people are just like, oh, I'll just pay whatever the minimum is or $200 because I have something else I want to do. So pay your credit card balance off each month. Otherwise, you're literally just putting yourself backwards. You're going to be especially now. I mean, credit card rates are in the 20s now. They're 20 percent on a credit card. You think about that. Someone has 10,000 credit cards they are paying 2,000 bucks a year to buy a bunch of stuff they probably don't need.
1: I love it, right? I mean, just you said that once a week and that reminded me of the old biweekly mortgages, you know, how, how, uh, people can, uh, you know, that's a, that's just a mental, uh, kind of a mental uh, trick that people can play with themselves and basically just say, uh, on Monday, every Monday morning, I'm going to, I'm going to pay the credit card off. Um, number five, this, we're all about education and inspiration. Just make a lifelong commitment to expanding, uh, your financial literacy, um, take an online course. You know, I, I have my kids in uh, in finance, uh, class, uh, right now in high school. And I have to, I have to pay them a super Mario bonus just to take the class at the end of the class. I get a nice bonus, but, uh, get familiar with the terms. Don't try to be an expert, but, uh, keep your financial literacy, um, up there, um, and get as educated as you can.
0: And number six, and we're dealing this, with this right now, but markets are going to go up, they're going to go down, but focus on the long term and really the best way to focus on the long term. And we talk about it on this show almost every single time, but it's setting out what your goals, your priorities are and creating a plan, whether it's our one page vision document or a full financial plan. You can go to our website at btwellshow.com, click get started, we'll help you get get started on the plan, but that's the number one way to deal with market volatility. And here's why I say that people that haven't done a plan come in and they always ask, should I go to cash? Should I be invested differently? And my answer is, I don't know yet, but by creating a financial plan, we can get somebody to their ideal asset allocation. Meaning maybe it's 70% stocks or 60% stocks. When I can show somebody that, the allocation that is ideal for you, 70% stocks, their ability to manage market downturns is significantly better because they've given purpose to their investing. It's not just, well, this is what what year I'm going to retire, so this is the fund I pick. We are giving purpose to why they're invested the way they are versus just kind of doing a willy-nilly investment allocation.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, a lot of times up until December of last year, they really didn't have to do any planning. Now's the time to do planning and just see, you know, see if you're uh, we're, we're looking at a lot of portfolios or I am that uh, are just kind of the, the people think they're diversified and they're not. So this is the, the time to do a plan.
0: I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Jonas, thank you for thank being you, on. Again. You're probably going to be on a couple of weeks as I try to convince Elias. To keep things nice at home he probably need to take a <laughs> week or two off and help out a little bit uh but with that said if anybody's looking for help you can go to btwellshow.com click get started and we'll get someone in touch to you thanks for listening
1: securities and advisory services offered through lpl financial a registered investment advisor member finra SIPIC. the opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Premier Investments of Iowa Incorporated and LPL Financial do not provide tax advice. Please consult your tax professional